0: Welcome to Vineyard Casey West Podcast. For more information, visit us at VineyardKCWest.com. As far as, as, far as our new series, Summer of the Songs, uh, we're, we're gonna try to spend the summer with God in the songs, trying to get language for the time that we're in. Uh, trying to get words and songs for how we can feel and how we can act during this time. Because right, none of us has ever been here before. That's always true. And nobody's ever been in this day. This has never happened before. But especially all of the different things that we have going on. And so, so in the midst of that, we need help with words. And so the Psalms is this beautiful uh, compilation of people using words in different times. Uh, times where they've been let down, times where things go bad, times where they rejoice. And we're going to walk through all of that as we walk through the Psalms. So today we're actually going to start with Psalm 51. and. Um, uh, it's, 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 it, it takes us deep. It's, it's not a surface level song. And so uh, that's what we really need though. We're in a time of a global pandemic that has shown that like our scientific advances, our medical advances, uh, which are amazing, right? Uh, that what we've made progress in, in the world, uh, but we've, they've been shown lacking, right? Like we can't be prepared for everything. Uh, we're, not, we're not totally self-sufficient, and so it's been shown that it's lacking. Uh, we're in a time of heightened racial tension and racial injustice that really shows the underbelly of our advancements, you guys. It shows that we are still far from recognizing everyone as being made in the image of God. That absolutely every human being is made in the image of God, is a child of God, is loved by God, the crown jewel of God's creation, no matter what. Amen. And, and, and this time is showing that, it's come up again, and we think we've made progress, but there's still this out there um, that, that we see. We see this happening all around. And so, so we really need to go deep. We really need to move beyond just kind of like surface level fixes. We need to move beyond just kind of like, oh, that's not me, or, or, or I've got that, or that's not my problem. Because the problems that we're experiencing are right in front of us are heart problems. They're human heart problems. And so this psalm really takes us there. takes us deep into that. The psalm starts with these words. Psalm 51, verse 1 says this. Um, it says, for the director of music, the psalm of David. When the prophet Nathan came to him after David had committed adultery with Bathsheba. So David, uh, the man after God's own heart, right? Uh, he all of a sudden uh, goes really bad. And, and it's not good anymore. And you look and say, how can this be a man after God's own heart? Well, part of the way that he responds after this, right? But here's the story. So, uh, usually when the kings would go off to fight in the war, David stayed home. And he, he saw Bathsheba, a woman, and he says, well, I, I, I want her, right? So he commits adultery with her, and then she's pregnant. And then so all of a sudden, he's like, what do I do? So he calls her husband and says, hey, come on home, uh, be with your wife, and so that he can kind of just wipe it away. It goes bad though, and this guy is so honorable, and he's like, I will not go and be with my wife when my men are out, are, are out of war. And then, so then David goes to the next step, tries to cover up his tracks, and he tells he tells the, uh, the commander in charge, put him way up at front in battle, and then pull back the troops so that he dies, so he couldn't murder. But he goes on with business as usual, and he has a blind spot, you guys. He has a blind spot, he wasn't seen clearly. And so, he went on with business as usual and then God spoke to this prophet, Nathan, who spoke to the king a lot. And the prophet, Nathan, came in and told him a story. And that's what we need too. We need a prophet and a story to tell us. And the prophet and the story is what's going on around us. The prophet and the story tell us, you have a heart problem. There's blind spots in your heart. Even with your biggest advancement, there's always blind spots in your heart. And so the story that Nathan tells him is, he, he says, he says, O oh, king, let me speak to you about the grave injustice. There was a rich man and there was a poor man. The rich man had many sheep. And the poor man just had one simple, small ewe. But then when the traveler came to the, to the rich man's house, instead of using his many sheep, he took the one little ewe of the poor man and used it to feed the traveler of the king. And David said, this is wrong let me know who this person is and I will make sure that they pay in one of the greatest lines in all of scripture it is you you are a man and all of a sudden his blind spots are shown before him and so that's what the song starts out with and it's what we need as well you guys because the human heart is just you know it, it, it's, it's, it's tweaked and it needs help I remember uh, as a third grade boy uh, I remember uh, I remember where I was standing, I could feel the outdoors, I can I can hear, I can smell the grass, I can everything that's happening on this day. And there was a bunch of boys um, chasing an African American boy and making fun of him. And so what I did is I was crying, I was so upset, and so I chased these other boys. Stop it! Stop it! Stop what you're doing. And then so you say, Well, that's good, like you're standing out for you know, injustice, you're standing up for the one that, that, that is put apart, and you're standing up and you're trying to work that out, that's good. But then I remember a few years later, and I remember my neighbor telling me, um, Hey, you know that one kid that nobody likes, and he said something mean to you, so you ought to hit him. Okay, is that a good idea? Yeah, I ought to hit him. So he told me how to do it, and as he got off the bus the one day right there, so I squared off, and, 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 and so I hit him. But I missed his face, I hit him right in the throat and, and you know, he got this big Adam's apple and, and all that he did is I was getting ready for a punch back and he just started. <laughs> so my response to any, like any good brawler was, hey man, I'm sorry, are you okay? Did I hurt you? You know, can, can I help you? Listen, I didn't mean it, you just told me. So write both sides of it. On one hand, you say, wow, your heart is right. You're, you're caring for the one that is, 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 is. is, is um, being made fun of and being set apart because of the color of their skin. But on the other hand, you, you see me too going after the weak and hurting them. So what do you do with that? The heart is just terribly complicated. The problems run deep for us. The Old Testament prophet Jeremiah put it this way. In Jeremiah 17 verse 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? So what I understand of this Hebrew word is Um, where it says the deceitful uh, is polluted. So you think of like nice, clear running spring water or a nice, clear body of water and then you think of something that's polluted. It's not clear. You can't see it. You can't drink it. You you don't want to be in it. And that's what it's saying Like our hearts can be polluted. And so um, we need God more than ever. And and when it comes to other people we need God's heart for other people. Because we can just do something on the surface, you know, people talk about empathy, and empathy is so good, you guys, like, you know, they talk about EQ, you have IQ, which is smart, but then EQ is socially, you know, we have empathy and be able to understand other people. But listen, though, as I watch what's going on in the world right now, I can't understand what my brothers and sisters of color are going through. I can't understand what African American people are going through. I can't understand what police officers are going through. The the, the 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 pressure that they are under right now. I can't understand that. I can't have empathy for those situations, but I truly can't understand in my own measures. But God has the right heart for all people. And so He can do something in us that helps us move towards that in other situations. So that's why we need Him. So let's dive into our psalm, Psalm 51. And like I said, it goes deep. And what you would allow the Holy Spirit to do is, is to say, right, we like to put things into categories because we don't like discomfort. Our minds are geared in such a way that are like, nope, that makes me uncomfortable. Nope, feel good. Okay. And all of a sudden, we're the, the, the greatest running back in the world. We're just pushing away. Nope, stop, okay? So I would just ask, let's pause. Because it's not one-size-fits-all ever. It's not me teaching, but it's the Holy Spirit teaching. The Holy Spirit moves and speaks to different parts. And so maybe the issues that I brought up today that the Holy Spirit wants to move on you, it may be other issues, but let's pause and pray as we go into this song. God, we, we want to bring you our whole hearts. We recognize that as we bring that to you, God, we're not saying that our hearts are perfect, our, our hearts parts are right, but we recognize, God, that, that we find you when we bring you our victories. Uh, we bring you our good moments where we are like you. But we also bring to you our moments where we're not like you. And in that time, you make us more like you. But we need your help, Lord. So speak to us through this song, These words that one like us wrote. So again, this is these are David's words after being called out and finding his blind spots. May we find our blind spots today, too. So David says, have mercy on me, O God, in verse 1. According to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sins always before me. Against you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified in your judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you desired faithfulness, even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. Cleanse me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. And so David sees clearly now. His blind spots have been shown out. And now he sees clearly. He sees clearly his sin, and he sees clearly his heart condition. So he asks for mercy in verse 1, right? Uh, and, And it's not based upon... Hey God, will you forgive this? Will you show mercy upon me? Because I'm really going to get right. Or God, if you show mercy on me, I'm going to be better next year. You know? uh, but no, he bases it upon God's covenant love. His committed love to his people. His said love, his compassion upon his own people. He doesn't base it upon his performance. He bases it upon God's ability and mercy to do that in verse 1. Verse 2 and 7, he asks for washing and cleansing. Right? And that's real, you guys. Yeah, any time that I have just gotten way <coughs> off the face of sin and, and my heart just gets out of whack, I, I do a couple things. One is is, is, is I pray, and then I read Romans 5, chapter 5, 3, 4 chapters that sets me back right, knowing who God is and knowing who I am and what He's done for me. And then, after I read it and I see clearly, it's just like, God washed me and made me clean. And it's real. It's absolutely real. I'm cleansed. And then verse three through six, he confesses, right? And to confess is to agree. You know, God, you're right about this. You're right about this thing, right? I had a discussion with a friend earlier. I was, I was, I was trying to drive, when I should be in the in the, in the, in the passenger seat. And I said something. They said, well, actually, this." And I said, "Okay, right. I agree with you. They were right when I thought I was right. You ever been there? Anytime? Yeah, you will." Okay. <laughs> so. So, David knows that only God can mean to bring about a transformed life. And so he asks in verse 8 for resurrection, right? It's just like, you have this person that's like, show mercy on me, God. I've been sinful since my birth and all these things. And, and then all of a sudden he's like, let me hear joy and gladness. this Wait, what? This is why he's a man after God's own heart. He went to the depths of sin, but he understands God's great love. And now he's like, God, let me have the good stuff. Let me have the good stuff. I've I've changed directions. And then he asks for what he wants in resurrection. So now that things are changing, as I've confessed my sin to you, God, this is what he wants. That sin would not be there in verse 9. Just, God, just get rid of it. That God would create a pure heart in him. Earlier, what is the human part? Right? It's polluted. And now God creates something pure within me. Something only God can do. So God to renew a steadfast spirit in him. That he would be with God, his presence, his spirit. That he would restore the, restore the joy of God's salvation in the heart and mind to receive and continue. And then lastly, whoa, look at this. Then I will teach transgressions your ways so that sinners will turn back to you. How awesome is that? I mean, this should be very freeing for us today. That the person after God's own heart is not the perfect person the person that seeks to know God, and seeks to receive all that God is. And they they trust Him, and they allow Him to work, not themselves. Now in verse 14 it says, Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God. You who are God my Savior, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Now here's the deal. He's going into, like right now he's going into, yes, Uriah's bloodshed. But he had other bloodshed. He's going deep. He's like, look, there's this issue, but now, God, just take everything. Oh, God, you who are God my Savior and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Verse 15 Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, oh, God, is a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, God you will not despise. May it please you to prosper Zion, to build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will delight in the sacrifice of the righteous, and burn offerings offered whole. Then bowls will be offered on your altar to eat. So here's what's next. David begins to break free. He begins to break free. Right? He comes to God in this, is, this incredible place of just brokenness, and now he's breaking free and he's asking for more. David wants it all removed in verse 15. He just wants absolutely it all removed. He wants it gone. He wants all of this stuff gone. And then in verse 14 and 15, he's free to worship. He starts talking about worship, right? So here's this person that feels like they've just sinned against God in this great way. Like, I have nothing to offer. How can I be in your presence, God? But he trusts God's forgiveness and God's cleansing. And now he's one, he's like, let me be one, a vehicle that brings you praise and worship. Let me be one that is that intimate with you that I worship you. But the key to a lot of this, you guys, is verse 17. Worship tied to the heart is what God desires and what David brings. See, because when David was off and he just kind of had those blind spots and he just, he just glossed over them, and, and he, he sinned and did this, he's like, well, whatever. I'm king, I can do whatever I want. Right? And you may anyway, look at it and say, like, I don't see myself as king. Maybe like he-man, like master of the universe. But, you know, it's not far off, is it, you guys? We like to be king of our own heart. We like to be king of the world in our own minds. And yet when God comes to us, He humbles us. But then, when we humble ourselves and come back to Him, the reality is everything that is His is now ours through relationship. But it's through this humble heart. Worship tied to this humble heart. Verse 17, it says, My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit. A broken and a contrite heart. You, God, will not despise. So, 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 what do we do with this? Like, right, we went through a lot of this, but what is real, tangible steps for me to walk through this? Right, in the midst of our time. Right. Remember, what's happening with the global pandemic? What we see on our screens, in our communities, in our neighborhoods? What we see as far as the racial imbalance and the racial injustice and the racial prejudice and the racism and those things, what we see, these are stories and prophets to us about our own hearts. Because at the end of the day, you guys, all we can do is love the people around us. That's what God says, right? Is, what will you do with the people I brought to you? Because we can always say that, well, all of that's out there, but well, how am I treating the people in my own house? How am I loving the person that, that, I, that I wake up next to in the morning? How am I, how am I loving the little ones that are around me, the, the ones that God has called me to care for? You know? Or maybe maybe they're big ones now. Right? Maybe they're old ones too. How, how do I interact with them? How am I loving my neighbor? Do I have unforgiveness in my heart towards someone? These are the things God calls us to work through, to walk through. Because Judging and holding hatred and murder in our hearts for another person. Whether because somebody within that subset of people harmed us or did something to us. And it triggers that in us. But God is able to change our thinking and able to wipe away the past. We read it here. No matter what it is, God is able to change it. But we have to be humble and honest with Him to be able to say, God, I have a blind spot here. I need your help here. You know, I don't know if you ever try to juggle. Are there any good juggles here? Can anybody juggle? Matt, I bet you could throw the one ball and do this basic you know, kind of like that, eh? No. But juggling is incredibly hard. The best I've ever able to do is I kind of like slide into this one, slide into this one. That's not juggling. Okay? Juggling is like holding up multiple in the air at the same time. And it takes incredible focus and attention. That's why we have light spots. Because we end up juggling our sin. We end up juggling the issues of our heart that get off. Why? Because some ways we like it. It's been our friend. We may have been holding these things our whole lives. And it hurts to think that maybe that's off. But God comes and says, you know what? Come to me with a humble heart. Come to me with a humble heart and I'll heal you. So how do we take this home? So, from a humble heart, from a contrite heart, from a repentant heart, first search me. Real simple. Search me, God. David wrote in Psalm 139, another Psalm, verse 23 through 24, he said this, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me, and know my anxious thoughts. Now listen to this. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Is he telling God, like, hey, just find out anything that you don't know. No, he's saying, you do something to me and bring the stuff to the surface, God. Bring the junk to the surface. Bring the stinking things to the surface. Bring the stuff that I don't even know about, the, the, the blind spots. in my. Like, bring that to the surface, God, so that I can be clean. David wrote in another song he talked about, like, during this time, when he was not repenting of sin, it was a blind spot, but he was so prideful, his heart was so hard, and so cold towards God and people, that he just pushed it aside. It said that he, it felt like his bones were aching and melting inside of him, because he couldn't, he couldn't confess his sin. But we go long enough, and it's just kind of a friend. We're just carrying it around. And then the next step after searching is, created me a pure heart, of oh God. Verse 10 of this Psalm 51, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. Create in me a pure heart. Right? The interesting thing is is that when Jesus came on the scene, there was a time where some of the worst people of that time were tax collectors. As far as socially and also just what they did. They, the Roman government would give them, and typically they were, they were Hebrews as well, they were Jews as well, they would give them a certain tax amount. And then the way that they were paid is they would be able to charge anybody whatever amount they wanted to, to come through. So they were just seen as gross. They didn't have many friends, and if they had friends maybe they were tax collectors, and they would just all not trust each other, right? But Jesus came upon Matthew one day, or Levi, and he saw him at the tax collector booth, and, and he probably woke up just that day, like any other day, like you know, just but money, money, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna do my thing. But it says that Jesus saw Levi, and he's walking up, and then he just says, "Don't follow me." And then in some other passages doesn't now even other places. It says that it says that he followed him, and then they went to his house. It's what they call a Matthew's party. It says that there were many sinners there. And then you have Jesus, God Himself, just hanging out with these guys, having a party with them. You say to someone, Well, did they get right first? And it's like, No, the worst of the worst, the worst things you can think of, they were right there at the party. I can't imagine the way those people felt with Jesus. And so you would think that the religious people would rejoice at this. You would think that they would be happy at this. But in actuality, the Pharisees, the group that everybody thought really knew God, Jesus was using this as a prophet, this story to them. Because they came up to Him after this and they said, You know, why does your master hang out with sinners? Why does he spend time with sinners? Doesn't he get it that God doesn't love sinners? And Jesus caught on to it and he said, Look, I've I've come for the sick. And he even says, too, he says, You know, go, he says, he quotes Hosea to them out of the Old Testament. And he quotes this to them and he says, He says, You know, when Jesus said, he's basically saying, You don't even know what Hosea means. He says, "I, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Just like David said, sacrifice. Sacrifice, desire mercy. What he's saying is, you don't even know what Hosea says. And Hosea was a book about this this prophet, Hosea, that God told to marry a woman that was basically a prostitute. And you would think, okay, well, the way God's story works is she's just going to get right and everything's going to be good. But no, she leaves him time and time again. And then God says, go get her time and time again. And the whole point is, it's like, God's like, this is you. You're the wayward wife, and I'm the husband that loves you and comes back to you time and time again. And so he says to him, You know, I haven't come for the healthy, I've come for the sick. You wonder, those Pharisees, did they walk away saying, Oh, okay. I did. (laughs) You came for the people that are messed up. But what was he saying? He was saying, Look, he goes, Look, the person that realizes they need help is help. And so what did the Holy Spirit speak to you today? What thing maybe came up today? Maybe that you had forgotten or pushed away and it's a blind spot in your life in the way that you treat people or the way that you relate to God. That's it. That's what the Holy Spirit is working for you. So if you want traction in your life today, if you want change in your life today, surrender that to God. Give that to Him. Let's pray. We're going to bring the worship team back up. <clears throat> God, we pray that prayer this morning. Create in us a pure heart, of oh God. And renew a steadfast spirit within us. Take up your Holy Spirit from us, God. And restore the joy of your salvation in us, God. God, we, we, just, we just really recognize um, our need for you. God, forgive us for... Um, Trying to carry our own hearts for us to try to try to keep our own hearts right to be, to be righteous on our own abilities our own our own work Lord but we know that you alone God you alone make us righteous you alone make us right you alone are able to heal our land God you alone are able to work out the problems whether it's the virus or or, or racial injustice or prejudice or racism you alone God are able to heal the The relationship with the person that we will not forgive or they won't forgive us. You alone, God, are able to heal our marriages, Lord. You alone, God, are able to heal our economies. You alone, God, are able to humble us in our pride when we stand ourselves up against you and against others, God. You alone, God, are able to heal our problems with our neighbors, Lord. And you alone, God, are present, Lord. You're not far off, Lord. You're near so, God, would you move? We ask your forgiveness, Lord. We ask your forgiveness for not setting the captives free. And yet we are the ones that have taken up the ministry of reconciliation, reconciling the people to you. We ask your forgiveness, God, for not championing the oppressed and setting them free and calling out injustice where we see it, God. We ask your forgiveness, God, for thinking that we're spectators when as soon as we sought after you to follow you, Jesus, we became participants in the great redemption of the good views of God. And so we worship you, God. We welcome you into our homes and this building, God, wherever we are, Lord. We say, have your way in our world, God. Have your way, Lord. We don't want to play games. Love you. Show. Thanks for listening this week. If you're looking for ways to serve, give, or get connected, please visit vineyardkcwest.com.